This is a Kitty Pod production. The Keep It To Yourself podcast was taped in front of a live, yet limited, masked, and socially distant audience. From Television City in Hollywood. Welcome to episode 110 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes, and the most popular podcast in any election, involving podcasts that is. And with those the Wonder Dog, it's this podcast and nothing else. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullitt. The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, updater, pussy, imitator, assassinator, baby. And I'm coming to you once again from the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York, a place that I've now called home for 10 years. We're going to get into all that later on the show, plus some other stuff, you know, time traveling, that whole bit. But first, let me get my social media plugs. I've got Otis the Wonder Dog right by my side. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. Civilian Instagram is at Jason underscore 51838. There's also the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page. Have a look there. And we've gotten crime out of Kitty Pod land. That's right. My new podcast, CR Crime, now has its own feed. It's not on Apple Podcasts yet, but it's on Spotify. It's on Google Podcasts. Which more you can say for this podcast, we're on all the platforms. Well, most of them anyway. We're on Apple Podcasts plus Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., etc., etc. I'll plug that podcast and a little hello from Otis the Wonder Dog again little plug from him, and we're going to get out of this cul-de-sac, get into my week here, the vanity portion, if you will, and what's been going on in the life of J. Michael Bullitt, you ask? Well, a lot of things have happened. I've had my busiest weekend of the pandemic. Well, I had one in-person meetup. I had a previous one with my French language group, and that was on Zoom. That was earlier that day, and then right about 5, 6 o'clock, actually about 5 o'clock, I met up with my friend Dave and a very small handful of us, you know, pandemic, and we played Yahtzee. It was pretty interesting to play Yahtzee during a pandemic. Dave, the host, said, you want to participate, you just come on down to this coffee shop near SUNY Albany, but you got to bring your own cup, bring your own dice, and bring your own pen. He'll provide the scorecard. So I came loaded for bear for this bad boy. And I had myself a time. I think I won the second game. I lost game number one, but I think I won game number two, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know what the scores were, but I had a good time. Left about 20 minutes to eight. That's closing time for them now. And I went home. So not much happened. It was a busy weekend. Then it was such a nice weekend, too. Thank you, Climate Change, for nice days like these. There's one upside. Anywho, it's Sunday was a nice day, too. I went out with my friend Lindsay for lunch after getting a little visit from my brother-in-law and nephew. Then I went up to Saratoga. Congress Park was just mobbed almost. 
A lot of people enjoying the nice weather while we still got it. We went to this place called Fat Polly's. Not to be confused with Fat Tony from this Fear City doc on Netflix I've heard so much about but have yet to watch. Hey, gonna call Fat Tony. Hey, go to Fat Polly's. Well, Fat Polly's delicatessen, a little plug for them. Hashtag not a sponsor, but just want to give them a little shout out. They had one of the best chicken parm subs I ever had. It was so good. Well, I'm getting snacks, not at the, the place, but we went to the CVS right nearby and got a little supplemental stuff. I got, I think I got, yeah, I got my drink at the delicatessen too. So Congress Park was just almost, but not entirely mild. It was hard to find a place to sit. And here it is early November, 70 degrees out. People are going to take advantage because we know what's coming. Weather-wise in pandemic. I'll talk a little bit more about that in the news segment. I'm kind of burying the lead here. But it was a happy end to what was an otherwise kind of stressful week. And this is going to bleed right into the end of the news segment. I don't know if you've heard. You may have been under a rock the last week. But we had ourselves a big election here in the United States of America. It was rather contentious. There were calls of fraud. There were some dirty dealings. There may have been allegations of same. But... Saturday afternoon, I found out from my dad, of all people, not through CNN or MSNBC or even Fox News, Joe Biden has been elected the 46th president of the United States. I was very worried about the result, but me, I was happy that we're going to get that clot out of office. Finally, at long last, something good to celebrate in 2020. What a horrifically shitty year this has been. And I do not exaggerate. The shittiness is well well placed. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you, but I felt pretty happy. You know, cautiously optimistic, but I was very happy with the result. By comparison, at least. So we're going to get a new president. Not for Christmas, but sometime after. It's going to be in the January sale. So we're very happy about that. I voted in the election. I did not go in person. I said, you know what? New York State is one of these states, a handful of them, where... You can use temporary illness as an excuse to apply for an absentee ballot, which I did, then I later got Dad on board. So I remember having that day off because I had a uh, dentist appointment to get the last of my cavities filled. So that ballot came. I sat at the kitchen table. I made sure nobody else was in sight. I didn't want anybody to peek at my ballot, have a little privacy like I was in a voting place or a booth or whatever they use these days with the ballot you feed into a machine so I marked off my ballot put the ballot in this first envelope signed it off and then put the first envelope in the second envelope sealed it stamped it put the address label on it and then bing bang boom in the mailbox the next morning it's as simple as that to quote Eddie Murphy I believe that's the one who said that on Saturday Night Live I'm not sure who it was don't quote me on it and sure somebody will tell me it was somebody else but who cares so election's over. Thankfully, I know there's some elements that want to see it go on. You know who those are. But all in all, I'm happy with the result that we can finally put all this behind us. We can get the pandemic under control. This vaccine came out. I'm recording this on Veterans Day 2020. Thanks to all our veterans for your service. Pete A. Turner looking at you. Break it down show. We'll get the plugs in for that pretty soon. And, you know, it's like a, Pfizer announced that the vaccine that they developed is 90% effective. 
What worries me is that 10%, and I'm ace at the max, so I may be one of the first candidates to get in line for that. I think the senior citizens, the more vulnerable the population would be getting first dibs on that whole deal. So that means my dad and his companion and a number of my aged relatives would certainly be first in line for that. So good news all around and a year full of horrifically shitty news. And by all accounts, looks like it's going to get even shittier. So there you go right there. That's the vanity portion. And that's in the news. And now speaking of news and history and all that, we're going to take you back to the year 2010. number 14 on the Billboard Hot 100 charts the weekend of November 13th, 2010. And that is I Like It by Pitbull featuring Enrique Iglesias. In case you're wondering, number one on the charts on this weekend, We Are Who We Are by Kesha. And what a year she had in 2010. What a year it was for news, man. A lot of stuff happened. A lot of water under the bridge, over the dam, whatever you want to call it. A lot of stuff going on in the world, too. January 12th, there was this big earthquake that happened in Haiti. A lot of devastation there. And another earthquake the following month, about a month and a half later to be exact, hit Chile, February 28th. Another year for natural disasters, we had this volcano in Iceland, which was very hard to spell and pronounce. And I'm not going to bother doing it here. But it caused all sorts of air disruptions as far as air travel goes between Europe and the United States, from what I recall. Even the WWE wasn't spared the trouble. Then another natural disaster, well, ecological one, the Deepwater Horizon also happened that month. There was this oil rig in the Gulf, and BP was getting all sorts of shit for it, and rightfully so, mucking up the Gulf with that little explosion right there. It was also a year for disasters of aviation, going back to air travel. April 10th of 2010, the president of Poland, Lech Kaczynski, and a number of Polish government officials as well were killed in this plane crash in Russia. They were going over to this town in Russia to celebrate some kind of massacre, like the big anniversary of Salm event. But it got solemn because of all these government officials who wound up losing their lives in the plane crash. Midterm elections, we had the rally to restore sanity. The Daily Show, when it was Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert, back when it was almost not quite enjoyable as it was early on. Politics really took over, and I remember the Daily Show when we first got Comedy Central. Craig Kilborn was the host. You watch an episode of that show from back then, and then Jon Stewart, then you have Trevor Noah. It's a marked difference. I think Jon Stewart has become my favorite host of the Daily Show. He surpassed Craig Kilborn, but that's all by the by. So Republicans made life difficult for Barack Obama going forward in his administration. Before we go any further, I forgot to mention at the top that I played you into this whole episode with a song called Gimme Some Lovin' by the Spencer Davis Group featuring a young Steve Winwood on the lead vocals. And that's how I remember the namesake of that group who passed away recently. 
Somebody else also passed away, and I think we'll save him for the next episode. We'll do a little tease at the end of the show. We had a couple of debuts to start the most recent decade. Burj Khalifa, you ever heard of it? No, it's not some rapper from Pittsburgh, but it would make a great name for him, though. Burj Khalifa is the tallest tower in the world, clocking in at just over 2,700 feet. Also in the world of technology, this little app called Instagram. Heard of it? It made its debut in 2010. And pictures with different filters on them started showing up all over the internet. We had a couple of disillusions in 2010. Cruisin' Jay, introduced in 2007, made his last appearance on the stage of life in 2010. And boy, did he go out in grand fashion. Taking a 10-day cruise with stops in Puerto Rico, St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands, Antigua, St. Martin, split between France and Netherlands. That was the highlight for yours truly. And Tortola. And speaking of which, St. Martin was part of the Netherlands Antilles. That went away in 2010. Actually, it went away on 10-10-10, October 10th. Well, as in life, there's also death. And we had plenty of them, and one personally. I'm going to start with him. He was a gentleman by the name of Ryan Rossley. He was killed out celebrating St. Patrick's Day in Saratoga when he picked a fight with some unknown cockbag, actually unnamed, and that's how he met his end. I remember attending the wake the following Sunday, being out in the street, lining up to go into the funeral home and pay my respects. There were more famous people that also left this earth in 2010. I mentioned the president of Poland. He died in that plane crash in 2010. But there were others. Nodar Kamari Tashvili. We'll get to sports in just a moment. But on a practice run for the luge at the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver, he unfortunately met his end on the luge run in Whistler in British Columbia. Gene Simmons. No, no, not that Gene Simmons. Not the lead singer of Kiss. He's still alive. Gene J-E-A-N Simmons passed away in 2010. Famous actress, Pernell Roberts. He played Hoss Cartwright's eldest son on the show Bonanza. Adam, that is. Teddy Pendergrass. This was a bit of a bugger for yours truly. Teddy Pendergrass was a great soul singer. He started out as the front man for Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, then later got his own solo career. Songs like Close the Door and I Don't Love You Anymore. Love TKO, my personal favorite. Here's a person you probably don't know from history. His name was Meek Keys. M-I-E-P-G-I-E-S. I've listened to him as a humanitarian as he was the person that helped hide away the family of Anne Frank from the Nazis. You go to the Anne Frank house in Amsterdam. I've heard it's quite the moving experience. I know this is not supposed to be a pun for what I'm going to talk about later on the show, but emotionally moving. You get it. Alexander Haig, Secretary of State during the Reagan administration, at least the first part thereof. This is a man who, when Reagan was shot on the 30th of March, 1981, took to the podium and made this somewhat erroneous statement to the press and to America and to the world. Who is making the decisions for the government right now? Who's making the decisions? Constitutionally, gentlemen, you have the president, the vice president, and the secretary of state in that order. And should the president decide he wants to tr transfer the helm to the vice president, he, he will do so. As of now, I am in control here in the White House. 
pending return of the vice president and in, in close touch with him. If something came up, I would check with him, of course. Other obits in 2010, Howard Zinn speaking of history. This is the guy who wrote the People's History of the United States and also did a sports version of it, too. Another author left us in 2010, J.D. Salinger. The man was something of a recluse in his later years. This is the guy who wrote The Catcher in the Rye, a seminal work of the 1960s. Fashion designer Alexander McQueen went to that great studio in the sky in 2010. Fess Parker, your parents or grandparents probably remember him as the guy who played Davy Crockett way back when. Peter Graves, your parents probably remember him too. This is the guy who played Mr. Phelps, the agent in Mission Impossible. This pot will self-destruct in five seconds. Or not. Robert Culp, another great actor. This is the guy who played alongside He Who Shall Not Be Mentioned in a show called I Spy back in the day. Barbara Billingsley. Your parents, maybe grandparents, probably remember her too. She played the beaver's mother on Leave it to Beaver. But she's remembered in my mythology as the woman who spoke jive in the 1980 comedy classic, Airplane. Oh, Stewardess, I speak jive. Oh, good. He said that he's in great pain and he wants to know if you can help him. All right, would you tell him to just relax and I'll be back as soon as I can with some medicine. Just hang loose, blood. She's gonna catch up on the rebound on the med side. What it is, big mama, my mama didn't raise no dummies. I duck a rap. Cut me some slack, Jack. Barbara Billingsley was in the same cast as Leslie Nielsen, who started out as a serious actor, but later started playing comedic roles straight. He started out with this movie, and he quoted one of the most memorable lines in the history of film, or at least he provided the quote. Anyway, give a listen, you'll know what I'm talking about. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. A couple of icons of the 1980s met sad, untimely ends in 2010. Corey Haim. Man, who thought this one? Well, a week before Ryan Rossley met his end, Corey Haim left this earth at the age of only 38 years old. He starred in a bunch of films in the 1980s, but he got his great fame by starring alongside Corey Feldman in the movie The Lost Boys. And this one got me somewhat, a little more than that one, Gary Coleman, the child star who made a name for himself in the 1980s sitcom Different Strokes. What you talking about, <laughs> Speaking of television stars of the 1980s, we lost Blanche herself, Rue McClanahan, in 2010. Another year, another golden girl gone to the hereafter. Estelle Getty in 2008, B. Arthur in 2009, and now in 2010, Rue McClanahan. I may have those first two mixed up. Don't quote me on that one. Eddie Fisher, actor of the silver screen. This is the man who helped sire Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia herself from Star Wars, along with Debbie Reynolds. Kevin McCarthy. This is the guy who was Dano on Hawaii Five-0. Book him, Dano. He went to the afterlife in 2010. Lynn Redgrave, another legend of Hollywood. Lena Horne. Don't know why there's no sun in the sky, stormy weather. Delta Burke, you remember her from Designing Women? I do. John Forsythe, another legend of the Hollywood silver screen. Dennis Hopper, you remember him from Easy Rider? Yep, he went in 2010. Tony Curtis, the father of Jamie Lee Curtis, also went this year. 
Juan Antonio Samaranch, president of the International Olympic Committee. End of his career marked by scandal, from what I recall. Manute Bowl. This is a guy who was like seven foot six inches tall. He played on the Washington Bulls. It was something of a freak show attraction in the eyes of some. He played with the shortest player in NBA history, Muggsy Bogues. Those two shared the same court at one time or another. Heck, they're on the same team. As a Yankees fan, there were two deaths that really got me. Well, there was Ralph Houck, but these two really got me, and they happened within 48 hours, 48 hours of each other. A little tongue time. Getting emotional here, but tongue time. First off, we lost the voice of the old Yankee Stadium, Bob Shepard. But the big one for the Yankees was the man who helped bring Derek Jeter and countless others into the Yankees organization, George Steinbrenner. Longtime owner of the Yankees franchise since 1973 when he bought it off CBS. And he helped turn a struggling franchise around into the second dynasty. Started in the 70s, had some low points in the 80s, got in some stuff with the FBI, briefly ousted his owner but came back. Had a publicized tiff with Yogi Berra. Those two later made up and oversaw the most recent dynasty and the last dynasty in the late 90s into the turn of this millennium. Controversial but successful. We're just going to zip through the rest of these bad boys right here as far as obits go. Charlie Wilson. There was a movie that came out years ago called Charlie Wilson's War. It was about the U.S.'s part in organizing war between the Soviets and the Afghans in the 1980s. The film I just mentioned happened to be the last one ever directed by Mike Nichols. May he rest in peace. We'll get to him in another year, sometime in the future. Speaking of television, Art Linkletter, one of the earliest television personalities. This is a man who hosted such programs as People Are Funny, started on radio, then later went to television. The first host of the radio version of Truth or Consequences, I think the only one. And also a person who has this natatorium, which is a place where you have swim meets take place at Springfield College. His name is on that building over there. So he has ties to Western Massachusetts, as does your humble host. Ronnie James D.L. passed away in 2010. Depending on who you ask, he's either down below or upstairs. Jimmy Dean, country and western singer who Somehow lent his name to sausages. He was pitching that as well. I've had it before. You have him to thank. Harvey Picard, the man behind the American Splendor comic series. He had a biopic made of his life some time ago. I never, I don't know who this guy is. I never heard of him, kind of. I never saw him in action. Lance Cade, he passed in 2010. That was sad. Harold Gould, born in Schenectady, right here in the 518, native son of the Electric City. He left the 518 to pursue fame and fortune in Hollywood, and he got it, by golly. Television viewers of the 1970s remember him as Rhoda's father on the sitcom, well, Rhoda. But he also had a great career on the silver screen. He was in such movies as The Sting, The Front Page. He was in a Woody Allen movie called Love and Death. He was quite the actor. From what I recall. Oh, he's also in Stuart Little, too. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page as we speak. He was also in the Golden Girls, too. Total of 13 episodes during that series run. And the lesser known and way less successful spinoff, Golden Palace. 
All right, we got the last ones here. Stephen J. Cannell. If you watch television back in the 1980s, you're certainly familiar with this guy's oeuvre. The most noteworthy thing about him is whether you watch an episode of, whether you were finished watching an episode of something along the lines of The A-Team, The Rockford Files, and maybe even The Commission 21 Jump Street going into the 90s, the most noteworthy thing about him was after the end crest finish, you'd see him, he's on his typewriter, you see all his Emmy Awards in the background. He would pull the paper out of the typewriter, it was that era, folks, and would toss it up in the air, and there would form the logo of his production house. I thought that was kind of cool they did that. Arthur Penn, famous director of old Hollywood. Well, not that old. It was kind of like bridging the gap between old Hollywood and guys like Steven Spielberg. He directed one of my favorite movies of all time, Bonnie and Clyde. Tom Bosley. This is the guy who played the father of Richie Cunningham on Happy Days. Jill Clayburg, actress of television. Blake Edwards. You may have known Blake Edwards as the director of the Pink Panther film series, Inspector Clouseau and Peter Sellers. I thought your dog did not bat. And that's about it for the 2010 Obits. We're quickly going to move over to pop culture right now. Going back to sports, it was not the Yankees who were able to defend their World Series championship from the year previous. The San Francisco Giants, for the first time, A, since moving to the Bay Area back in 1958, and for the first time since they were the New York Giants in 1954, won the World Series. The New Orleans Saints won Super Bowl 44. I saw that on the cruise ship. Cruz and Jay got to see the Super Bowl. I was a little worried that I was going to be able to see the game, but I was able to see it. Kind of weird. That's the first time I saw it in another time zone. Kickoff was 7.30 for the game. So I had me a night. My mom and dad, the former God rest her soul, were in the stateroom. Didn't care too much about me. I was just gallivanting aboard ship going around and down and up and fore and aft and this, that, and the other. I remember watching the halftime show at this little lounge called Bliss. They had the bowling alley nearby. I was there earlier in the day, but I digress. The NBA Finals, the Los Angeles Lakers, up until this year, this was their most recent championship. The late Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, helped lead the Lakers to a Finals win over the Boston Celtics. Speaking of winning your first championship in many years, going back to that, the Chicago Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup for the first time since 1961. A memorable goal against the Philadelphia Flyers in overtime helped clinch the Cup for the first time in 49 years. Spain won the World Cup, which was held in South Africa in 2010. And it was a memorable one if you were a fan of Team USA. I remember I was at work, my old workplace, when the U.S. squared off against, against Algeria. When they beat him 1-0 in a hard-fought win. And a memorable call by Sir Ian Dark. Well, I listened to this on the radio, so I didn't get to hear this live. I'm not sure if you can hear the Vuvuzela that were going off during that tournament. They got pretty annoying the longer that World Cup went on. And it was also the Winter Olympics in Vancouver, as I mentioned. Kind of a forgettable one. No worthy in my mind, only for the aforementioned tragic death of that Georgian loser, Nodar Kumari Tashvili. 
To end this segment on a positive note, there were no hitters aplenty in Major League Baseball, most that I can remember in 2010. Pitching might have been on the comeback, who knows. Roy Halladay may rest in peace through two no-hitters during the course of the season. One during the regular season, the other in the postseason. First person since the late great Don Larson ever to accomplish that feat. The complete list of a small handful, Ubaldo Jimenez, Dallas Braden, Edwin Jackson, and Matt Garza. There could have been one more on May 31st when Armando Galarraga looked like he was going to join that list. But unfortunately, a missed call by umpire Jim Joyce wound up turning the no-hitter into just a plain old shutout. And Joyce got roiled and ridiculed, not only by the Detroit Tigers fans who were in the stands that night, but also in the media as well. He really took a beating on that one, verbally that is. Moving on to the last portion of this pop culture segment, lengthening an already lengthy segment. Top film of 2009 at the 2010 Oscars went to The Hurt Locker. Nominated for nine Academy Awards, won six of them, including an historic Oscar for Best Director. Catherine Bigelow became the first director who was a female ever to win the award. However, the top grossing film went to the James Cameron classic Avatar, which became the highest grossing film of all time. Not just in the United States, but the world, topping over $1 billion, all told. And finally, to the world of music, that year's Grammys, Kings of Leon, You Somebody, was the best record winner, while the best album went to Taylor Swift's Fearless. And that will do it for 2010. And there was a noteworthy event, personally, one happy, well, we already got to the sad one, but this is going to be happy. It was when yours truly moved house. Ten years ago this very weekend. As I mentioned previously, 2010 was the year yours truly changed addresses. For the first part of his life, yours truly, that would be me, lived up in Wilton, New York. He was born, raised, educated in Saratoga Springs. And it was a memorable time to be growing up in Saratoga, especially when I moved back from college, went to work. There was some long commutes from Saratoga to Albany. Anything to make an honest buck, though. So I was rather excited, but at the same time, rather intrepidatious, if I may use such words, for a change of address. We were going to be going from the north, seemingly the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains, all the way down to what I call the rolling hills of Saratoga County. That's how I introduce every episode of this here podcast. I would have a lot closer commute to Albany, but thankfully I would still be... Near Albany, I would be going to Troy. Schenectady would be a bit of a hike, but Saratoga was close by. Come visit the old hometown whenever you want. It was very nice. I remember the couple of weeks, a week and a half or so, was rather stressful. We're trying to pack things up here. Actually, got to go back a little further. We're putting all this stuff in a storage shed that was going to be a few miles from the house. will be just a slow process from October Go right up till we actually vacated the house. And when they cut off the internet on election day 2010, that's when you know shit got real. I remember the final weekend as a full-blooded Saratogian. I remember going to this pub crawl for a bar. Not for a bar. I went to a number of bars back when you could do such things. And I said, well, one last Saturday night as a Saratogian. 
at least someone who lives in town, a townie, if you will. And I went to a whole bunch of these bars. From what I recall, and I'm trying my best to piece together the puzzle, I believe we met up at Peabody's on Phyllis Street. That's where we started out. A friend of mine from high school named Dennis Gozier. I wound up being his running mate, or we we wound up being each other's running mates. And it would take my mind off the stress of moving. So we started out Peabody's. We skipped Irish Times. We cut through this alley. Like, yeah, we're going to skip Irish Times. We'll meet everybody down at the Tin and Lint. Then we went to Gaffney's. Then we went to the bullpen in 13. And they're not there anymore. Spot City Tap and Barrel. And had himself a heck of a time, man. Not trying to drink my sorrows away, but, you know, just have one last fling. And then one last trip Sunday afternoon the next day. Then on Veterans Day, I got that day off work. It was a holiday. We started moving stuff right here to the house. Here in the town of Half Moon. And I remember the last night I was at the house, I may as well have been in a homeless shelter. I was sleeping on the floor. The people moved into the house were thankful enough to give us their cable TV access till we moved out of the house the next morning. And then going home from work, I had a much shorter drive home and wound up getting settled here. It took us the rest of the weekend, got the internet back. Yay, that was good. Had some trouble with the Wi-Fi route trying to transfer everything, but we got a new router and we were all set for the new year. Had Thanksgiving at this house back in November after running the turkey trot. I was in a little five-year heater from 08 to 12 running that on Thanksgiving morning. My brother-in-law and my sister got me into doing that. They didn't do it the first year that my nephew was born. Then we had Christmas here and it was wonderful. I got a little emotional Christmas night. Like this is the first Christmas in the new house. And we all had Thanksgiving too. I remember doing a little little poem I quoted in a previous episode. I'll try and dig those out of the archives as soon as possible. That is if I'm up for it. And I quoted Lance and Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. I don't remember it offhand. But it was a stressful time. But once we got everything settled, we got in gear. It was smooth sailing from then on. I was really enjoying the, the shortened commute. But back then... Before COVID-19 and everybody working from home and everything, it was a nightmare on the Northway most days. A little easier in the summertime, barring any accidents, but that's all by the by. And years later, I would later go up to Troy more often once that city started getting new businesses in. You've heard me talk about Franklin Alley Social Club almost ad nauseum on this podcast and all my doings down there in recent years. What with Talk House and Franklin Alley Social Club and going to Victorian Stroll. It was truly amazing seeing new places that I'd never been before and sampling the local fare. I remember the following Tuesday I had off from work. It was regularly scheduled. I had to do a lot of errands. I went to the two banks wherein I had accounts. Had to go announce, hey, I just changed my address, just so you know. Had to go fill out some paperwork. And then went to the DMV at the Saratoga County Office Building in Balsam Spa. Had to go do that. And it was quite a quite a venture of mine, a lot of stuff, a lot of adjustment. But we had ourselves a time, and I've been living here for 10 years. In fact, I'm recording this, I'm really spaced out the recording. I'm recording this on November 13th, 2020. 10 years ago was our first weekend in this very house. 
And a lot has changed in not only my life, but also the world too. Some of it good, some of it bad. We'll throw the pandemic in there for sure. My mom passed away. My mom announced to the whole family she had been diagnosed with stage 1 leukemia lymphoma. Had a couple of bumps in the road, one of which almost took her life a lot sooner than it did. But she fought through it, by golly. And she lived for another three years until she passed March of 2017. My dad got in companionship. My sister and her brother-in-law adopted the man who would become my nephew. Well, the little kid who would become my nephew. A lot of change to the family. A lot of change to the community as well. Some Saratoga institutions wound up going away. Others made their way onto the scene. Had friends of mine going to business. You know who you are. I've mentioned you guys. Tells you how much can change in one place in a whole decade. Before we get to the end of this episode, I want to get some pod shout-outs in here. We start with greetings from Allentown. This past week, Peter Winson recapped an episode of WWF Superstars that aired on November 2nd, 1991. This is where the Mountie Jacques Rougeau took the shock stick to Bret the Hitman Hart for the first time ever, setting up a big angle that took place just down the street from Bullet House at the 92 Royal Rumble. Then you have Steve Bennett, the sportscasters. He had for his guest Kenny Albert. Ever heard of him? Ever heard of his dad? The son of Marv Albert made an appearance, talked about being in the NHL playoff bubble earlier this year, the NFL safety protocols, and more. And also talked to Glenn Kenny, no relation to either of them, about the book dealing with the making of the movie Goodfellas. And then speaking of sports, the Break It Down show had somebody as a guest on that regard, actually two people, Rob Nyer and Jim DeFelice talked to Pete A. Turner, and they had a recap of the just-ended 2020 Major League Baseball season. And also dealing with current events outside the sports bubble. See what I did there? Or what I didn't do? Richard C. Lyons chatted with Pete A. Turner about democracy, the U.S. Supreme Court, and the still-ongoing, as of time of recording, U.S. presidential elections. Lots of stuff there to check out. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the podcatcher of your choosing. And also check out my true crime podcast, CR Crime. We've got our own feed now. We've gotten crime out of kitty pod land. And we had ourselves a cracker to start out. It's Stephen Rochi, who, by the way, in the episode dealing with him also premiered the day we moved into this very house, or at least the weekend we moved in this house on the NPR series, This is American Life. We talked Stephen Rocci. So check that episode out. More episodes to come in the weeks ahead as we barrel toward the end of this horrifically shitty year, 2020. All right, let's end on a positive note, shall we? We're going to go to the Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Century of the Week. This is where I take A single game from this week's NFL action, not so much the college game, but we go to the pros here, and the last time I did this, which was pretty long ago now, I unfortunately am 2-1 on the year when my over-under on the Green Bay-Tampa Bay game went bust. I thought it was going to be a shootout. Turned out, not so much. So what we're going to do here, and Otis the Wonder Dog is roars the pro saying get on with it, so we're going to do just that. Nope, I don't know if you heard a burp, but never mind. 
We're going to get right to it with this week's official play. Maestro, if you please. We're going to take it down to South Florida. Thankfully, they were spared the effects of Tropical Storm Eta, or Eta, or however you want to call it. And they're going to host the Los Angeles, formerly San Diego Chargers. The Miami Dolphins have this rookie quarterback by the name of Tua Tagovailoa. Hope I got that one right. You may have heard of him. He played college ball at the University of Alabama. Won a couple of national titles with Nick Saban as his head coach. Well, the young quarterback for the Dolphins had himself a day last week in an upset of the Arizona Cardinals, led by a quarterback, also a young one, by the name of Kyle Murray. All told, Tua completed 20 of 28 passes, threw for 248 yards and a couple of touchdowns, and even added 35 by way of the ground, including the clinching third down conversion that won for the Dolphins. He's been an electrifying sensation on the field. Now the LA Chargers have to be outdone. They have a young quarterback of their own, or at least somebody they haven't heard of until this season, a gentleman by the name of Justin Hebert, or Herbert. I may not have gotten that one right. Well, somehow the Chargers haven't gotten it right when it comes to winning games. They're two and six on the year. We're only halfway through this season. And also, this is a one of those cases where a team from the West Coast travels to the East Coast, their body clock gets all messed up. This game will be in the third quarter when I have the next guest here. I'm going to tease him right now. Adam Parada is coming on. And we'll talk a little football. We'll talk other things as well. He's coming on back. But let's stick to this weekend right here. It's going to be a late kickoff. There's going to be a handful of 4 o'clock games, most of which will be airing on CBS. And that's because... CBS will be airing the Masters. That'll be going on normally when the 1 o'clock games are going on. That's usually CBS's window, but they're going to have the 4 o'clock window along with Fox. Fox will get all the 1 o'clock games. This will not be one of them on Fox. You'll see this on CBS. Let me get out of this cul-de-sac and say that I'm going to take Miami minus the points. And that finally will do it for this rather discombobulated end to the episode the 110th of the series of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. I certainly thank you for listening. I never take the audience for granted. Never have, never will. Thanks as always for your support. I truly appreciate it. A little monetary support wouldn't be uh, out of line here as I'm trying to end the episode. There's a little thing on anchor.fm. If you listen to that, you can throw a few runs my way. Also, you can hit up my Venmo. at Venmo.com slash my name, J-A-S-O-N. Dash B-U-L-L-E-T-T. Please and thank you. So as always and above all else, I'll talk to you in about a week or two whenever this comes out. Whenever the next one comes out. Alright, just end the show. See you guys later. And as always and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. And wear a mask and social distance and all that sort of thing. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Sit, boo-boo, sit. Good dog. <laughs>